Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. This episode is dropping on Halloween Eve, so I thought it would be fitting to share some of the very scary things that have happened in my previous pet business so that you don't make these same mistakes or at least could learn how to handle the situation should it happen to you, although I highly doubt it will, but you just never know. And guys, these are just some of the scary things. I've had a lot of stuff happen in almost my 20 years of being a pet business owner. And I'm not talking about bugs in the chewy bins or giving a dog the wrong medicine or employee drama. No, 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 no. I'm talking some real scary stuff. Intrigued? Stay tuned. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candace Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses, and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you, mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. Now, this episode may be shocking to some of you, but it's still an important episode for you to listen to because in the pet industry, we're dealing with live animals. And these animals are actually more like family members to their owners and to our customers. So we really need to think about 
how we care for them and how we choose the products that we sell and how we train our team to handle the animals. And we really need to start thinking about as well, like how we as the leader in the company or the manager of the company, like how upper management handles crisis when it happens. I must be the queen of crisis. I got to tell you, I don't know why I think I have this superpower, but I certainly do. And it's been put to test many, many, many times in my previous pet businesses. And almost every situation is really kind of out of our control. And, and I've noticed in working with different pet professionals and also having stepped away from my previous businesses and letting my management team run things and even some situations that have happened after I've sold my stores and my doggy daycare and hearing what has happened even in those scenarios, because there are a couple other really scary stories that have happened after selling that I'm not going to share with today. But what's interesting when I observe people in different situations is that some people panic, some people become withdrawn and retreat because they're nervous, right? Like their, their body basically like goes into shock and they don't know what to do. That's one of the worst things that we can do when crisis happens. So the difference between someone like that versus like me, where I'm like the queen of crisis <laughs> is that I can jump into action, right? I literally put on a, like a different hat. I don't freak out. First, I start to think, okay, what in the scenario do I know? I think about the facts, right? I gather facts. I figure out what the steps in the process are going to be. I kind of quickly think through some scenarios and I then can adjust and, and prioritize like what has to happen first. And then I jump into action. And now when I say I start to think of all those things, I'm doing that in maybe anywhere from three minutes to maybe 15 minutes, um, depending on the situation. When we're dealing with animals, you know, it might be more immediate. You know, you've got to react really, really in the moment. But if it's maybe something with an employee, you might be able to take your time and really think about the situation. And maybe I'm really good in crisis because I know that somebody has to take control. Somebody needs to be in charge. And I would much rather that person be me than a whole other person that doesn't have the experience or doesn't have my customer's best interest at heart or my business's best interest in heart. And now with social media and cameras and everything that can, you know, news can travel quickly sometimes when these situations happen. And so it's important that we can think about the actions that we're going to take with integrity and leading with kind of a more moral high ground of how you're choosing to make the decisions that you're making. And then when required, you really own up to mistakes you may have made or how things could have been handled differently and let that customer or employee know that processes or policies will be changed now or more training will happen because of this situation, this unfortunate situation. But now you'll be more equipped, better as a company to handle it so that no other customer or pet or employee has to go through this situation again. All right. So I lead with all of that <laughs> to share these three stories with you that I said are not common stories because, 
you know, they can happen to anybody at any stage in their business and no matter the size of their business. Our first Halloween story, spooky story of a pet business owner, is the Christmas cookie horror. I used to have pet boutiques, and each of the boutiques had a bakery case in them. Now, we did not make our own cookies. We ordered them wholesale through a lot of different bakeries. And doggy treat bakery business is big business. And I want you to still move forward with this category, even after hearing this story. This situation is really probably like a one in 10 million chance of this ever happening. But it did happen. And because it's Halloween, I want to start with this one. So picture this. Christmas morning, I am with my family. And I, you know, log in to our company's email just to check the email or I don't know, maybe things have calmed down. You know, I'm a workaholic. So I'm totally checking in with the business. And I had received an email that said, we purchased doggy cookies from you at Christmas time. And we gave them to our dog on Christmas morning. And while he was eating it, we heard a crunch. And uh, guess what, guys? Inside the cookie was a razor blade. That's right. Baked inside the cookie was like a box cutter razor blade. They attached a picture of it and the blade was still like baked inside the cookie. It had cookie dough baked all around it. It was very obvious that this cookie definitely had that blade in it. Fortunately, that dog was eating the cookie supervised. And fortunately, nothing was, you know, the dog was not harmed at all. I, however, was, of course, completely freaked out. I was also relieved that they sent us an email instead of posting it on social media or on a review website. But I knew that, again, we had to jump into action right away. And something like this didn't necessarily warrant just a response via email back. That's one of the things that I also want you to take away from this episode is that we can easily want to not uh, get involved with conflict or have to insert ourselves into actual conversations with customers when it's going to be a hard conversation. But it's really the most important thing for you to do is to get someone on the phone who has had a bad experience and let them share their story, share their opinion. You need to empathize with them, repeat back what has happened, repeat back how horrible the situation is, and repeat back what you hear that they want you to do. Okay, so that always comes first. And in this particular situation, I engaged with the customer in that way. I told her we would do everything to investigate this and make it right. I made sure that she understood that we did not bake these cookies, that we don't bake them and that we work with different bakers and that I would contact the baker to let them know and we would investigate this further. And of course, I gave this customer my cell phone and our contact information. And I said, if anything happens or if some little shard or something ended up getting, you know, in your dog's system, please go to your vet, please contact us immediately. And we will like take care of that for you. The end of the day, the dog was fine. (laughs) But now I was stuck with talking to this dog bakery maker 
sending them this message and on Christmas and it really derailed this woman, you know, a lot actually, because she tells the story to her significant other. She's distraught. She can't figure out what happened. And he sat there quietly, not saying anything. And I think maybe a couple days go by and she finally gets it out of him that, you know, while he was helping bake all these cookie orders for the holidays, because I'm sure she was busy, that he knew that he had changed because they used box cutters to open flour or, uh, you know, open up boxes of things. And he knew he changed the blade of one of the box cutters and he must have set it down on the counter. And then while they were pressing the dough out of the dough presser, it must have gotten picked up in the dough and the dough pressing. And then it just got, they started cutting the cookie shapes. And so this blade that was on the table somehow got mixed in with the cookies. And then of course it got baked and and so on. And we know the rest of the story. So of course she was mortified, but then more upset that this person withheld this information from her. And so that relationship supposedly ended is what I was told. So how do we move forward from a situation like that? Um, I think again, I just, you know, when we hear of horrible things that happen to pets or to the customer's experience, we want to apologize, empathize, let them know that we will be changing policies and procedures or that we are going to investigate something further. In this specific instance, I mean, maybe, you know, a metal detector, some sort of scanner. If you're really worried about something like this, you know, you could get one of those for your business. But again, the situation is so, so rare that I don't know that there is a solution, but I would love for you to just think about how you would handle a scenario like that or any kind of crisis scenario. And what will your process be? Story number two is the ghost ride. I actually don't think there were any ghosts involved. (laughs) This is more of the doggy daycare transport vehicle getting towed. One of the other businesses I had was a doggy daycare and we offered transportation to and from daycare. I remember working, I was in the office, uh, it was towards the end of the day because the transports on the way home had already started to happen. And I got a call from the front desk and they were like, Candace, so-and-so, right? The employee who's the dog transporter took a dog into this high-rise building. You know, our doggy daycare was in Chicago. So there were a lot of high-rise buildings and it was really hard to find parking all the time. And the dog daycare van was towed and her keys and phone and everything is inside the van with the dogs. And can you please handle this? Because we are swamped with (laughs) pickups at the front desk, right? So I think he actually snuck away into the bathroom to call me and tell me this because he didn't want customers hearing that situation and story. So I, of course, don't drop everything and uh, go down and try to gather as much information as I can. I call the front desk of the high rise and get a hold of her. And I talk to her and she's in tears, sobbing. She's freaking out. One, because, you know, she's really worried about the dogs. She's just surprised and shocked and I'm not sure what to do, right? She felt like helpless in that situation. And this was a spot that I think she probably parked in a lot, but we did have a towing company in Chicago that was known for being a pain in the butt and most Chicagoans hated them. So yes, the dog daycare van was running because the air was on. It was a hot summer day. All right. And that was our biggest worry, how hot this summer day was. The AC was on and all her stuff was in it. So we were hoping to get that back, but the vehicle had been towed. 
in this scenario, I, you know, again, encourage you to stay calm. We want to get all the facts and you want to move quickly. So I knew the reality was, is that the dogs would likely be okay, right? Our doggy daycare was fairly close to where this building was and where the towing yard was. Okay. So I knew that round trip for me to go pick her up at the building and to drive to the tow place would maybe be 15 minutes and then we'd be able to pay quickly. She could go to the van, check on the dogs, and then we'd be able to get the dogs home safely. I go pick up the employee. I think she's actually the most traumatized in this whole situation. I laugh about this now because it all worked out okay. And we did get to the towing place and I had her run back to the van to check on the dogs. She came back, so the dogs were okay. The van was still on, which meant that the air was still running. And they all looked like, hey, we just had the best joy ride ever, <laughs> right? You know, we had to pay the bill for the towing, which of course they tried to add on all these other fees and all these things because they're a jerk of a company. You know, we ended up dividing the dogs up and getting them home safely. Now, the truly the most shook up person from this whole experience was the employee. The dogs, honestly, I don't think knew much of what was happening. But here's some things to think about. If you offer doggy daycare transportation, or if you offer transportation uh, for like group pickup um, at people's homes, and then you take the dogs to dog beaches or to dog parks, because there are scenarios where we've heard of daycare vans being stolen, actually, as well. That did not happen while I was the owner of the business, but that did happen after we had sold the business that the daycare van was stolen. Again, in that scenario, it made national news and we the dogs were all found a few hours later and were safe and the van was safe. But again, in this situation, our tips here would have been very helpful. When I owned the businesses, we did have cameras inside the vehicles. Now we didn't have it when the dog daycare van was towed, but a process and a policy that we changed or a th- a system that we changed was that we ended up getting a camera for the vehicle. So adding a camera inside so that you can always have a view of your employee, but also the dogs, sometimes a camera to have a view of the surroundings around you. Those cameras can come in handy for all sorts of reasons but especially in scenarios where you are not with the van, okay? The second thing is that a lot of those cameras will have a GPS tracker system in them as well. And so again, that's helpful in a lot of these scenarios to know where the vehicle is. It's important as well to have a second set of keys to your vehicle, maybe even a third set of keys, an emergency set that you have access to in a few different, couple different places. And you want to have access to funds at all times, right? Like making sure you have your debit card or a credit card on you for emergencies. Another thing that was really helpful in this situation is being able to access your client information on the run. I know a lot of pet businesses now have cloud-based reservation softwares, which you can likely access from your mobile devices. But for those of you who either haven't downloaded that app onto your phone or who are still kind of going off of a more manual system, it is important for you to have immediate access to your client and customer information. In this scenario, I did not want to spend time before I left gathering that information 
I wanted to be able to get to the dogs as soon as possible. We got the dogs I was going to take home in my vehicle. And then I was able to log on from my phone to figure out where they lived, figure out instructions for drop-off, as well as the transporter was able to give me the keys that I needed. In the scenario where the dog daycare van was stolen, and when I say the GPS system didn't work, what happened there is that during the transition of ownership, I guess the new owners decided not to renew the service of the GPS tracker company because we had to pay monthly service for this. But we got a hold of the company and then they were able to log in and access it all. And they said, you know, they never activated the account again, or they let it slide, but we, we can still actually log in and see where this GPS tracker is. And so that was really cool that they would be able to do that. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> once the van was found, because the GPS tracking did not work, but once the vehicle was found, it had been ripped out by the people who stole the vehicle. So you know, if the GPS tracker is connected to the camera and the camera is mounted, let's say somewhere that you really want to <laughs> film the person, then they're going to see it in a theft situation. So you may want to have a separate GPS tracker somewhere else that a, th a thief would not be able to find. All these dogs were okay, though, thankfully. Now, I have a lot of other stories I could share, and we're probably going to have to save those for Halloween part two next year <laughs> and even part three, probably. This last story that I want to talk about is actually employee witchcraft. That's right. <laughs> I, I'd say this employee definitely probably put a spell on me and this employee yeah, playing some witchcraft. She definitely liked living on the edge. That's for sure. In this story, I want to tell you about how an employee over maybe a six-month, eight-month period stole about thirty dollars to $40,000 from me. I honestly think I've blocked it out. <laughs> I don't remember the final amount. And it was sneaky. It was sly. And at this time of my life in the business... We were really at rock bottom when this was happening, which is why it hurts even more. And this employee had been working for me for four years. She had worked her way up and become a manager. So I was at a really dark time in my personal life and in my business when this was happening. My husband at the time, which is now an ex-husband, had moved to New York for a job and it was the height of the recession or coming to kind of at, towards the end of the height of the recession. We were really feeling it. And I wasn't able to sell the business at all, really, because I had too, too much bank debt, which if you're a podcast listener, you've heard that in previous stories. And the banks weren't lending. And so there was nobody who would even be able to get a loan to pay for the amount that I had in business debt. And so I couldn't get out of the business to kind of follow him to New York. Um, nor did I want to because I really was vested in this business and what I had built. And I didn't really want to walk away feeling like it was a failure. So at the end of the day, this woman who had been with me for a long time was stealing from me and doing this to us at really a really rough patch anyway, financially. Now, the reason she got away with it was because my books at the time were not up to date. Okay. I had been trying to find bookkeepers. I was tolerating bad bookkeepers and I had gotten behind. And when we finally got caught up, we discovered that she had been stealing. And the way that she had been stealing was that she would swipe her 
debit card as a refund in our reservation software. And that refund would get deposited into her checking account. And how she got away with it was because our reservation software was different than the credit card processor. I guess she wasn't running it through the reservation software. She would go to the credit card terminal and refund the money at the credit card terminal. And that credit card processor at the time, I highly doubt anyone does this anymore, but at the time, those statements were paper statements. Okay. There was no way to look at it online. The paper statements were being sent to that business location where she worked. So then what would she do? She would toss or shred or get rid of the paper statement. And because I was behind on my bookkeeping, we didn't realize that those statements were missing. And that was a huge, horrible lesson that got us up to date finally and have been up to date with our financials over the last probably eight to 10 years. And we pay much, much closer attention to the numbers, which is why we preach it so hard with our pet boss clients and you guys, our listeners. We caught it because the bookkeeper caught up, was missing all these statements. So then I was, of course, upset that the bookkeeper didn't bring it to my attention that the statements were missing previously because she had been spending months catching us up and we could have caught this sooner if she had said something. So here's the really interesting part of the story. So like I said, she had been throwing away the statements, which is why we didn't have any of them. Well, when the bookkeeper realized this, they sent me a message and said, hey, Candace, um, I have everything up to date. I'm just missing the credit card statements from this processor at your doggy daycare. They're probably just at your office or in a folder somewhere. Let me know when you have them and get them to me. Of course, I was like, well, I give you everything. <laughs> I would don't have an extra folder at my office. But I looked and I checked. Now, I wasn't thinking this that this in particular employee was stealing from me. And I was trying to become a better leader by delegating more. And I happened to be on my way to New York to go see my ex-husband. And I was like, hey, manager, can you contact the credit card processor for credit card statements from this date to this date because they're missing. And I need to get them to our bookkeeper who can come by and pick them up from you. Again, not thinking anything. Well, I checked back in with the manager and she had said, no problem. I gave them a call. They said it'll be a few days for them to get them to us because they have to go into their archives. Okay. Again, I didn't think much of it because they weren't online. So I figured, all right, that makes sense. I guess it might take a few days. Anyway, I get the statements from this employee who hands them to me. I give them to the bookkeeper. The bookkeeper calls and says, hey, Candace, <laughs> your um, reservation software says that you've swiped more credit cards than were actually deposited into your checking account. There's about $35,000 missing. And um, so I think you need to contact your credit card company to see where the problem is. I, of course, I was furious and like, this has got to be something's really wrong. Like I, I really could use that $35,000. I call the credit card company and I tell them that, hey, I'm looking at statements in front of me that say you should have deposited this much money, but my bank account is saying you deposited something else. Can you tell me why that's the case? And the credit card company says, all right, well, let's take a line item as an example. So for example, it might've been, I'm showing that in December, you rang $3,000 on this day and you refunded $1,000. I'm thinking, refund $1,000? 
And I'm thinking, I have a December statement in front of me and I see that $3,000, but I don't see the $1,000 refund. And we keep going on and we keep going on like this. And this woman from the credit card company is telling me that there's multiple refunds for multiple large amounts of money. And I'm not seeing that on my statement. And I said, I don't see this. Can you send me a copy of what you're looking at? And she says, sure, let me fax it right to you. And that's when I was ready to puke. I was literally ready to just pull over the garbage can and get sick all over because I knew that that employee had photoshopped the statements that she gave me and lied about how long it would take to get the invoices or the statements. So the credit card company faxes them right away. They did not need to pull them from archives, sends them to me. I see them and my my stomach was just dropping because here this person is still working over at my doggy daycare right at that moment and had been lying to me and had been working with me for four years. It was devastating. And I didn't know if I'd ever get this money back. I probably assumed I wouldn't. I, I was raging with emotions and I was ready to march my way down to that doggy daycare and lock the doors and have everybody pull their credit cards out. Or I don't know, I didn't know what I was going to do at the time. But in talking with the credit card company, they were like, you know, Candace, this is fraud um, on multiple levels and theft and and you really need to get authorities involved. So that whole story about how I handled that has, we do not have enough time for that. I will have to save that for another episode. I, I was able to collect all of the bank records, you know, work with the police. We were able to recoup most, actually almost all the funds through my business insurance. Plus um, her parents ended up selling a car that she had bought <laughs> while um, this was going on. And then her parents gave us the money back, um, but she was still charged with a felony she had to spend a night in jail and it really like shook our whole company to the court right because she was the manager over at the doggy daycare and um when i got over to the doggy daycare and started working there more as her replacement it uncovered all these other things that were problems so that is the employee witchcraft (laughs) stealing embezzling fraud story all right so the lesson there is to you know, really stay on top of your financial books. Don't let things slide because you just don't know like what could be going on inside those statements. Okay. Also, I want you to review your credit card processor statements for anything that looks odd. So here's what I was doing at the time is I would log on to the online system, which is where our reservation software was. And I would look at those transactions and nothing seemed weird but I never did see the statements or log into the credit card processor. Okay. Again, shame on me, but I didn't have copies of them. We were behind on our bookkeeping. I honestly didn't even realize that um, that was happening. So I want you to review your credit card processor statements. Now it would be really, really odd for us to have been refunding those large amounts that frequently. I also want you to get police involved when it's appropriate, right? When, when laws are being broken, file a police report. It will take longer. It's kind of a long process, but if you want to prevent something from happening in the future, then you should definitely get the police involved. Okay. Whew. Again, razor blades, doggy daycare vans, credit card fraud. Oh my goodness. So many scary, crazy stories. 
And there are some morals and lessons of why I'm sharing these stories with you. First, it doesn't really matter what size of business you are or how long you've been in business. Scary things do happen and they are often out of your control when they do. So you can't let these kinds of things derail you from feeling proud of what you've created, feeling proud of your team, knowing that you should still be in business and knowing that you should still be pushing forward. Because when crazy things like this happen, it does make you question everything. It makes you wonder why you're doing this. It makes you wonder, are you good enough to be doing this? Are you smart enough to be doing this? And all of these things that happen, these crazy, scary things, they are just lessons. They're lessons and they're opportunities for us to all improve and become better business owners and to build better uh, processes on how we handle this moving forward. The second thing to think about here is really depending on the situation, the people who are involved are looking to you to stay calm, to make decisions and take action, not to sit in panic and worry, right? Ultimately, you need to do everything that you can to resolve the situation as quickly as possible. And the last thing is to have adequate business insurance for your type of business needs. Do not take this lightly. Don't blow this off, okay? Find an insurance agent who you trust and explain to them every single situation and scenario and service you provide. Ask questions and walk through potential harm that could be done to make sure that you fully understand that you have the adequate coverage that you need. It is impossible to predict what could happen, but I encourage you to carve out some time while you're carving out that pumpkin, you know, carve out some time to think through different scenarios that you could encounter. What would be a horror story for you? Then build a process or a protocol around it. Documented, get any supplies that you might need for that emergency or pull together the quick contact list so that you can access it right away and review these with your team. Run some drills with them or run some drills with yourself if you have to. At my pet businesses, after kind of a handful of these like really insane scenarios happened, we got much more serious about putting protocols in place for fire, employee injuries, dog fights, power outages, escalated customer conflict situations, robbery, and more. Because at the end of the day, this is all very scary stuff. But you can and you will survive the spooky side of small business things that are going to be lurking around the corner on you. Don't let that stop you from moving forward and doing what you need to do. You've got this. Guys, I'm just so honored that you are tuning into this podcast. And did you know that we've already reached the top 3% of all podcasts across the globe? It's amazing. We're climbing the charts because of our awesome listeners like you. I know there's still pet professionals out there who need to hear all of our doggone good tips shared on this show. Can you help us find them? 
Now, how you do that is that when you click to follow the podcast or the more you download different episodes, or if you choose to leave us a review, those things will help the podcast get pushed out into the world so that more people who need to hear this will find it. Thanks so much for your support. And until we talk next week, stay focused, stay motivated and go boss your business.